Hello audio listener, please subscribe, leave a like and review on the platform you're listening from. The video version of this show is on YouTube and the link will be in the description. Welcome back to another Music Matters podcast and today I've got our married woman. Thanks for coming along. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thanks for coming in. So where are you from and how did your music journey begin? Um, well, I'm from Newcastle, north of England, as you know, northeast, and I moved out here five years ago, but not for music, but for my job. But I used to live in London for a while, and I feel like that's where I just got really inspired by the music scene there. And I have a lot of good friends out there who just have really good taste in music. They'd like take me along to all these like amazing shows that really like change the way I think. Mm-hmm. That I think when it got to lockdown. And I I had just kind of been accidentally, I think a lot of people have, just collecting music for such a long time. You're almost putting a set together in your head for years without realizing it. And I used to go to these shows in London and just be like, that was amazing. It really like taught me a whole load of genres of music I didn't even know I like. So I'd like go back home and I'd be like doing my homework, looking up these yeah. artists and like looking up their sets and trying to see what they were trying to do how they were kind of taking you on a journey um because obviously like you know i love disco so i was thinking like how does it introduce disco into electronic Mm -hmm. music set so when i was like in lockdown it just felt like such a natural transition for me to go i need an aim as does everyone i'm gonna try and do an hour and try and capture that like the magic and the the intention that those other artists that I really look up to were doing. Yeah. And I just started, just put one together. I was really embarrassed. I was like, kept it a secret. I like bought like a little controller and I sent it out to like a load of people and then I just got booked immediately and I just started, went from there. Nice. It was a really, I was just very lucky. Had a really, like a load of cool opportunities come my way, but I just, you know, it's like, you're not just you don't just start from there you've started from years ago collecting and just yeah, being obsessed yeah. so when you do your first set you've kind of already got all of the music you already would do it's quite easy to put together yeah so what part is in london and were, were like what ones inspired you that stood at you the most in what way did they inspire you and what genre was it because in london you know genres are so far like there's so many you can go from jungle to drum and bass to mm. so did you see that kind of music as well or was it just purely like disco and the the London scene that inspired you that way? It was very like, it was a lot of techno as well. Yeah. I really learned to love techno there as well. And I remember I went to a night at, um, what is it called? E1 Studios. E1, yeah. that's a new one, isn't it? Well, it was a while ago. I, I haven't been there yet. That's a um, it was like an Oscar turn, like label showcase. Oh, okay, yeah. So this is probably, well, it was maybe... 2015 or something and um there's like ben clark and stuffy in virginia playing and i remember that because obviously we were really excited because it was like all these amazing djs from mm-hmm. berlin and that was like a, a big night for me of wow i'm so inspired because it was like clubbing in a different way where people yeah. who were there were like so excited for the artists so we're just like going out to get drunk or whatever it was like I am excited about which journey this artist is going to take me on. How are they going to... And I was always just excited about how they would infuse disco in, which doesn't it wasn't happening necessarily that night. Yeah, but yeah. They, a lot of DJs in London around that time, like they were doing that and I'd never noticed it before. And, it, and there's obviously a lot of like... We used to go to a lot of shows like along like... Is it like the canal? Like well, down the Thames? 
Oh, you mean Hackney Wick? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And there was a lot of a lot of like disco kind of shows around That's there, cool. and that was just fantastic. And so just like I was like, oh wow, this whole new side of music and actually going out and clubbing that can be really fulfilling and inspire mm. you rather than going out and just like not wanting to remember anything you just genuinely like you know the next day you're like all you're thinking about is what were those songs and yeah how did they I'll put that together i find a lot of people uh when they go like to them sort of clubs and they see them sort of djs a lot of people go on their own yeah totally yeah they go on their own because that I, I, i've done it yeah people might think i'm a loser but I've literally gone to the clubs and just gone on my own just because I want to see that artist. It was a totally different side that I think I needed at that point. Yeah. Of realising like I'm a very social person. I really like to go out and be and have like a really engaging day around like new people and like new music. But I didn't want it all to be around drinking. Yeah. I wanted it. I just found this new side of it and exactly that. It's the kind of people that draws together who go on their own because they're genuinely really excited about the music. Mm-hmm. Um, And you just kind of start getting excited about you know you're drawing like all these like nerdy people who are like oh my god you what was that sample i think i know this and you're mm-hmm. t- telling people what the sample is and then like, i don't care i don't know it's yeah, 3 a.m i don't care you're like, like yeah. this song is from that from what like you just have all you're just creating this like encyclopedia in your head and it's mad like because all the all the clubs like sort of shut at like 11 o'clock in the morning so so you're like there at three in the morning and it's like starting yeah and it's just like Okay, we're going and 11 o'clock in the morning, it's daylight. And you're like, oh, oh it's a weird feeling. Yeah. Well. I saw a meme like that, which perfectly captured it. And it was kind of like, you know, like the hearing a bird overlaid with some techno music. Oh, yeah. You're kind of like a little <laughs> crusty. Yeah. But it's a different, it was a totally different experience for me. And like, hasn't really been like that for a while. Out yeah. here, it's not quite the same. But obviously, you can find your, you can find like your niche a version you, of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I, moved here i was thinking oh, i really miss that i can't find anything like that here mm-hmm. but actually it is happening it's just underground it's a bit more grassroots which is really lovely which well. is cool yeah yeah it makes yeah. it more accessible so um, how did you find that then like obviously you got your inspiration that you got back from when you sort of started figuring it out with the yeah. music and then obviously you moved to canada right yeah yeah and then the, when did you start to find you did your mix when did you start to find and search out for that niche that you were looking for here? I had some friends from the UK who I think were kind of looking for the same thing, but, and they all, everybody kind of missed it a bit. They just didn't really say it, you know. Yeah. You would go clubbing, but it wasn't really the same. And I went to a show at the Korean Community Center, like in, when was that, 2018 or something? It was like a Halloween rave or something. Did someone just hide the like? Yeah, venue? really yeah. random. And it was so good. I was like, oh, I haven't had music like this in ages. It mm. makes me feel really at home. Yeah. And it was very inspiring. Where did I go from there? I think I just um, slowly started to, I think Base Coast was helpful. I went to Base Coast for the first time, 2019. What was that first experience like? It was bizarre. Oh yeah. my God. So, okay. I think what it is is, when people in people who go to festivals here, they really dress up, right? <laughs> but in the, they put a lot of effort in the in, UK, yeah. you're like, you're basically like first day you wear your makeup, and then the second day you're like, I've got my joggies on, I don't care. You know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. you're like, you're like, I'm not, I'm just here to rave or whatever. Yeah. I'm not here to impress anyone. Yeah. But I went to that festival. Everybody had all their outfits planned. Yeah. Like, for the whole and it was fantastic. It was really sweet. But I went again this year. Yeah. And I played this year. But this year I felt like I got it. The first time I didn't feel like I really got it. 
because I wasn't letting myself open up to you, you just have to just let yourself be silly I think to engage at base yeah do you know what? I found that right because coming from London you, everyone dresses sort of a certain way mm-hmm. and when you like you can go to festivals in the UK they uh, everyone buys brand new pairs of like TNs or Air Maxes brand new white ones and they're like these are for three days to get <laughs> totally fucked up oh my god I've lost so many trainers when going to festivals yeah yeah and then they're just like fucking like oh yeah, come here and everyone's wearing like hiking boots because, but then they're hiking boots, but when they're in like tiny shorts, yeah. they've got like whatever, and they look fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, I mean, Base Coast is a weird one because at nighttime it's like not, it, it's kind of like the desert kind of, it's like really fucking cold at night. And then it, can I swear? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then it, in the daytime it's so hot and you have to be, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I needed someone to prepare. Don't, I was freezing my nuts off on the first night. Oh, a t shirt, shorts, like. <laughs> and I bought these. Tra- I bought cheap trainers, but I need arch support these days. So now I'm oh. like, oh, if I went back, I'd be white again. Like ergonomic hiking shoes. I yeah. Think <laughs> um. Yeah. It's. It was interesting. You know, because it's not just about music. Cause it's like kind of performancey and everything. Yeah. And you just have to let yourself. Um. Just engage with it in a way that the first time I didn't think I did enough because I was. Yeah. I felt like it was more artists, and then um attendees whatever right yeah, and this yeah. time it's more like i was like oh yeah you can be engaged in it yeah and maybe that's living out here a little i don't know if i've changed since no I, 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 Canada, I, I understand because obviously we both live in we're both in the uk and yeah. the the culture in the uk is more of a you've kind of got to keep your status well, while raving but here everyone sort of lets go and enjoys yeah. it and just like you say be silly and they both have yeah. um values i think like, yeah yeah we have both there's a certain level of cynicism that comes with being british yeah, right like yeah. that's just like born into you which <laughs> i love like yeah, i yeah. never want to let go of that yeah but i'm wondering if it's softened a bit from being out here because everybody's very like um very positive and optimistic about things yeah i'm a yeah, bit yeah. of a hybrid now yeah same, same. But, but you know with a bit of an edge yeah yeah it's all good yeah good. but yeah so i think i mean base coast was it's like looking into that side of the scene it's basically like it's all if you want to know what the rave scene is like in this kind of part of the world go to base coast and you can kind of see it all on a platter for sure yeah 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 so what was um before you got the base coast the first base coast yeah before you went there first sorry Uh um what was your first gig to get here like what was the plan to get your first like dj set in vancouver oh first time i went to base coast 2019 i didn't dj then no no you didn't dj but you got your first experience of that so like of raving and figuring out the culture and the rave scene in bc yeah um as a as an attendee yeah but what was your first like introduction to get yourself into djing like for your first dj set in bc um so my first show that i did Yeah. yeah oh yeah it was like um well it was like in lockdown so I was, yeah so like i just started in lockdown so it was more like i used to do it in my bedroom for my flatmate yeah and it was like as soon as things i got my first one like as soon as things started to open yeah i would do like a little like small thing and how did you approach to get that i was very lucky oh, okay. i had i had kind of like i had like this mentor uh, adam too do you know who, who they yeah, are yeah yeah um from so, birmingham right yes i know <laughs> Cleared up. I always get confused when, I, when it's not <laughs> the north. I get a bit like, yeah. 
Um, yes. Um, so I kind of was just very lucky. Like I had, or obviously had this excitement and a certain kind of music I wanted. And they were like, love this. Let's get you something. But taught me how then we're like okay next week we'll learn how to use cdjs and next and then like this is what i would do to change this and all these kind of things that really equipped me for the next steps it was just quite like fortuitous i think Mm -hmm. to have somebody like that who will give you feedback really honestly but not just about giving you feedback about your music but also about the etiquette like stuff people don't teach you Mm -hmm. how to go about things things that might be good for you know, as soon as you start, everybody goes through that burnout bit. So how to kind of deal with that. Yeah. Um. So I started to just kind of meet people through them. And I was doing a few shows for a while up until I started doing my B-side radio show. And I think that that's what really kicked this stuff off. Okay. Yeah. 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 And how did you, you got your B-side radio uh, part of that through Adam Tours? Well? No, no, no. Um. I just saw that they would put, like a brand, like a, Friend who's not in music at all just said, "Oh, there's an advert where they're doing they're opening a new radio show." Okay. And I said, "Oh, really want to do one because I don't really know what my place is in this yeah. scene. I don't really know. I really like hanging out in the techno scene and I really like the house scene, but really, I just really love disco and I can't really find it anywhere. Or it is there, but I couldn't really find it. And I love daytime. I love a daytime set. I love engaging with people." um so i was like that is perfect for me yeah and you know i was really inspired by this is dj on rinse fm called lala yeah do you know who she is yeah from glasgow she did this radio show where she interviews people and gets different lala selector on rinse fm okay and it was so like i used to listen to it and just think the way she talks to people is just she just supports other djs and she's just actually genuinely so excited mm. to get people on yeah i was like that's my dream to do something like that She's so cool. She comes across really well. She's putting other people in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to do. So I didn't know what B-Side Radio was going to be, but I was like, this is at least something for me. And I remember just being like, oh, is anybody going to want a guest on this? Like, I was so embarrassed yeah. going around telling people. Oh, I've been there for this. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, who would have thought? Now I can't, c- cannot get enough spaces to book people. Yeah. It, it like blew up really quickly. Yeah. And I found I was booked for a year before I knew it, but... That those first moments are like terrifying, but it yeah very naturally happened for me because I think it was the right position. So go a bit a bit about B side radio then. Mm. So you've got you've got your slot and everything like that. And, uh, did people first start coming to you, or did you start reaching out to people like for the first time? First time, yeah, yeah. I reached out to people. I had a couple out. of people in mind. At this point, I honestly only had about five people I knew I thought I wanted. Yeah, yeah. Um, who with friends and friends enough that I was like not intimidated so I probably had like first four dates set yeah and my friend Adam was like he has a ton of DJs I think would be good for it he and then they were like when you really really get good yeah these are the ones that you're gonna get and I've now ticked everyone off my list that I could ever want so I'm really really happy with it yeah but they but they did that that was just one way of being a mentor without actually putting too much you know yeah, yeah over not extending yourself like here's some inspiration for you and i just got better and better at reaching out to people without it being like really really being intentional about who i picked wanting to be diverse wanting to be like keep it 
uh, like last year I had in the summer I had only women because I realized after a while like accidentally you get too many men on for a while so yeah, like yeah. let's make sure we keep this yeah um and so I've gotten better at it and it become more natural but at the beginning I was just like I have quite a few friends I know will be good and um and I just kind of got them. But actually, I didn't even think about telling you this. I used to do live streams from my back garden oh, yeah? before this, before in lockdown. Okay. So that was a, it was a kind of like a little prece- precedent to the radio show. Was about. that like a Twitch thing? Yeah, I have a, my downstairs neighbor is a professional comedian, stand up comedian. So she she got people around in the back garden. We'd do like, how who was it? Me, yeah. Xander, Adam too, Roman Candle, who no longer lives in um, Vancouver. Dis- all day disco That's and then sweet, she yeah. would do emceeing in between of stand-up comedy and it was like my dream so we do cool. like that kind of thing because yeah. i just loved it i love hosting people yeah so yeah it kind of just felt like okay I, I like i like i lived in these streams and know exactly who i'd already get on to um to do my radio show it wasn't too hard a transition okay yeah yeah <laughs> sorry good. i can chat for ages yes you carry on yeah it's so good <laughs> yeah i waffle on all the time I lo- oh, listen, chance to talk about myself. <laughs> what a dream. Yeah. Um, so when you uh, did t- you got your uh, B-side radio, did you interview people as well? Yeah, I do like a little segment, you mainly say, because yeah. I loved that. That's what Lala does. Yeah. I just thought it was cool. And I just think it's like a great opportunity to get to hear what these DJs actually sound like and hear a bit from them. And were you able to play whatever you wanted? When I first started, I was like, this is a morning show kind of give it's supposed to be brunch vibes oh, okay, so yeah. i like always provide mimosas and then i'd have people over it's supposed to be like a nice way to fight the sunday scaries do something on a sunday and then i said well if you can let's try and make it lighter but now i've kind of a bit more comfortable with you what know. you want to yeah well i actually kind of let people choose what they want but also it's like i wouldn't have booked you if i didn't like you anyway so yeah, i yeah. trust you yeah. whereas at first i was maybe a bit more neurotic about it and how was it like for the first time interviewing someone when you first started your radio show oh my god so, so uh hello uh, can you tell me about yourself are you go <laughs> like, well and people were like oh yeah like i could see how nervous you like people will say to me now like wow you're different than when you start because you yeah. could probably listen back and see how nervous i was because i think i preferred prepared all the questions and now i yeah. like don't do that like bit more free form but that's only five minutes whereas this is like long form oh, no. so you are just must have taken a while for you to get oh my first one it was like i was like um uh, hello uh welcome to the music that oh my god and i get off the i get off like once i stop recording i go fuck that was shit and i hated it no. and then now i, I, we I, get a bit more, I have like, a beer to chill me up you're more forgiving <laughs> What I used to do is I used to drink because it was part of it. So I'd be like, yeah. oh, have a, okay, mimosa and I'd get a bit drunk. Every time by the end of the Sunday, I'd be feeling ang- like anxiety because of like post-drinking. Yeah, yeah. Thinking I've said something wrong. Oh my God. And it would just, now I don't really drink anymore. Yeah. I do, but like I'm not really bothered as much on those times. I'll just happy to host. And I just realized, like, it's not... If you're already not sure what you're going to say, it's not maybe the best way to do it if you're going to get really drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, like, yeah, freak true. yourself out. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's like you just become so much more comfortable, don't you? Yeah, you do. So what what equipment did you first buy to start? What You, you mentioned DJ controller. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the first DJ controller that you purchased? I should have looked up. I'm sure I could find it. But it's yeah. like a 
Serato. Um, uh, it's just a, it's like the cheapest Serato one. It's like okay. two hundred dollars. Yeah, I still have it. Yeah, it's like no effects, and you plug it into your computer, and it's just like teeny tiny, and I could put it on my bed, and I take it everywhere. I've taken it around the world with me. I just like wrap it up in some That's cool. bubble wrap. Yeah. I actually did a DJ course. I didn't even think about this. Oh, whatever. But That's right. I'm picking your brain. So it's <laughs> like remembering stuff. Yeah. I did a DJ course for like, um, it was at this place called, oh my goodness, I need to find this so, you can, so I can remember. Wired. Do you know this? Wired Music Labs? And it's an East Van somewhere. And they did, I don't think they're still going, but yeah. this was in 2019, I think. I did like a weekend course yeah. where they taught you basics of Sorato. And they were like, or you've just like let's put together a half hour set which at the time was like so scary yeah um and i remember them saying like we've had people on this course who they'll just learn and then by this time next year they're doing a festival and i was like never <laughs> oh my god but then it's actually like not it actually as hard as you think yeah, right? yeah but um yeah so i did that and they just taught us on serato so i just bought a little controller and i, okay. I do all my mixes on it still mixes that i record i do on it i take it everywhere i like that it doesn't really have effects because it keeps me um re- like it challenges me to mix in more interesting ways very like intentional and i'm trying to be very like i'm trying to make sure like the keys are matched i'm trying to make sure that like, samples work over each other it's a bit mm-hmm. more cre- i find it more creative but yeah. um i love it personally and i don't think i like i need i have had a i did have a full setup before i sold it recently but um, I still will always cling on to my little controller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As is, do do you um do you plan your sets or do you just go with the flow of whatever your um, when environment I'm, is at? It totally depends. When I was in Mexico in uh, October, yeah, I went out to play at a festival run by Golden Pineapple. So she does this. Um, she runs this company called The Gathering. They do festivals out there. She used to yeah. work out here for. No, live last maybe public discourse. Don't quote me on that. But um, she did this like really wonderful festival. Mm-hmm. She also got me booked at a bar in Sayulita, and it was three hours. And it was I had nothing planned. I thought, well, okay, let's just go with it. And it was, the whole thing was just um, off the bat, and it was inc- it was such a satisfying experience. I don't do that enough. Yeah, I'm quite like I like to plan things as much as I can because I like to know where i'm going i don't want to rely on the same tracks every time i'm a bit i get a bit scared in the moment so i end up going back to the same stuff so i want to be drag bringing in the new songs but that was like it was almost more satisfying because i was working with the people and i was like every time i go through house and techno i want to be about four tracks away from taking it back to disco so i was like okay planning ahead like yeah, what's, yeah. H- how can i get back to disco in 20 minutes mm. and then get out of disco again right and so i'm realizing i need i can change it up a bit more now so you do you play around, you play other genres as well? Oh yeah, like I definitely don't just play disco. Okay, so yeah, this is a question I ask a lot of people. Do you, like do you, can you go from like say a bit of drum and bass or jungle to a bit of techno, or do you just keep it strictly around the same beats per minute, or I don't really, change it up a bit. I've never really DJed drum and bass or jungle really no. right I or feel just like any genre like you know like just I'm, I'm just using them as an example absolutely i think my the biggest people so when i say oh i love disco right yep. it's basically all i listen to yeah but i would basically never play an only disco set because i think that you know those songs are so special and the 
instrumentals and the session musicians and the vocals like they're so iconic they should be um they shouldn't be too oversaturated with too many tracks to make it a beautiful set that can introduce people to disco and make it something that really shines it kind of needs to be bookended around different kinds of electronic music Mm -hmm. and my favorite djs that i will always listen to and i'm inspired by do that and I think that that is like such craftsmanship and DJing, managing to do that. And it's the best way to introduce people to different genres. Yep. But also you're really highlighting the quality of each selection when you do that, as opposed to, you know, if I, if I get booked to like Fox Cabaret, Disco Night, of course, I'm going to do Disco. Yeah. And that is also fantastic. But if I'm just being booked for what I want to do, I'm really trying to run through different genres in a very... Um, coherent way but i would never stick to just no so you're taking people on a journey Mm. but you're you're defining your sound when you do that right absolutely and i think it's like i don't i would never ever play a song Mm -hmm. a single song where i'm not completely obsessed with it yeah so even if it's one of the songs where it's a bit more minimal and i'm putting it to the side of the disco track i have to be obsessed with it because as soon as i fall out of love with the songs i'm playing or i'm just trying to use a filler track I don't enjoy DJing anymore. Like I want to feel like I can be literally up there dancing and singing to like where I'm just in love with everything. That's a bit like Cole Cox, isn't it? He says, I, he, oh, wa- yeah. he always wants to be on the dance floor instead of on the decks. Have you seen that documentary about him? Yeah. It's on uh, YouTube. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Such an energy. Yeah. He's crazy, isn't he? I think that people respond so well to you when you hey i was um watching that uh boiler room the fatima yamaha one have you seen that one uh deck mantle yes i think i have and he just looks like he's having i mean it's all his own music yeah because it's a live set but he is just having such a great time and he he looks like he's having so much fun with it people respond so well when they can see how much you love it and even if they don't necessarily love the music when they see how much fun you're having like that is what really engages people it makes it memorable and sometimes it wins people over to also enjoy the tracks as well yeah do you think that was like one of your biggest learning curves was to read the dance floor uh because i think that's a big learning curve when you start djing Mm. so learning to read the crowd like you say feeling that vibe and energy from people yeah you know and then yeah that can determine what track lists what tracks you want to play when you are trying to when you're trying to learn but you don't have really any opportunity to learn Mm because you're not like you don't have shows you're just like mixing in your room so what do you have to play off then so when you put a set together you're like where do i really go from here a lot of those sets i was listening to in my room after um listening to them in the club you know i was listening to them as if they've been constructed how oh, i was doing it yeah, but actually yeah. a lot of them were just kind of responding to the crowd and they were a lot more natural and uh, it's kinda, yeah, yeah a lot more organic and yeah. i was trying to recreate something that was organic which is still something that i do when i don't have an option to um but yeah i think that that is definitely something that only comes with experience and yeah. so you have to then be like okay i'm gonna fuck up i'm gonna just put myself out there just yeah. like try that skill over and over again until i don't mind fucking up um it's all part of the process people yeah. still fuck up to day. no yeah ha- well you're gonna you're gonna so yeah. you have you've got to embrace yeah. it yeah, exactly, you don't have a yeah. choice like you have to fail yeah to proceed pro- like progress in anything yeah so you just have to do it in a way that's um kind of fun 
So what advice would you give to people that are starting to get want to get into disco? Oh, I think that, um, well, I don't know, because I feel like everyone who wants to get into disco, I feel like um, you will know, like for me, it just doesn't, it doesn't really, that's just never going to change. I know that I love it, but yeah. I, it's not necessarily the only, it's like, it's not everything I love. I think if you find the sound that you love when before you start DJing, mm-hmm it's maybe going to be an easier journey because you're going to kind of not be worried about the skills you need for other genres. And you're just really going to specifically like for disco, you need to be paying attention. I think, well, this is how I do it. I don't know if this is for everyone. You're paying attention to the moments where um, there's little changes. There's little opportunities to just drop off into something different Mm -hmm. there's opportunity like for me personally when i like to mix disco into electronic music i'm trying to find the best samples where i can loop that over something and turn it into something a little bit more interesting and not more interesting but a different kind of way of using that sample and playing with loops finding um little parts of the instrumentals that you can play with it's very different right now i'm making a mix for poppers which is a techno label Mm -hmm and it's all like hard groove techno like ben sims mark broom that kind of thing um very very different style of djing interesting test but i i just really like that there's something about really challenging yourself to get a disco track i'd find analyze it what are the parts of it that you're really drawn to what are the parts that could even be sampled yeah yeah and then how how could this like i really do this i think like i'm making a mix there's me it's it's this mix is characterized by maybe two massive tracks i'm obsessed with that are probably Mm -hmm. disco tracks that are interesting what parts of those do i want to make shine and then i like work from like the inside out okay but i don't know if that's necessarily good advice for people it might be any (laughs) advice is good advice for someone right i mean it might not be some advice for someone but for someone else they might be the best advice they've ever heard i mean there's some really amazing disco djs in this city who i think that especially if they are good vinyl djs they're gonna be like the people with the best advice um yeah do you do you play any vinyl i have this year um but i'm not like that good at it but i have it was more like i was like right i'm gonna like get intent on it so i've just been practicing all year Mm -hmm. but i'm moving away soon so i have to sell my decks where are you going i am planning to go to berlin for a bit oh cool i'm gonna be in the uk first go to newcastle probably be in london for a bit i don't really know i just kind of ready for a change and yeah, yeah 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 that's cool yeah um so when we obviously we know this part but going into base coast when you did dj mm. like how did you approach getting that set at base coast how did i approach getting the set yes um i was um well, it wasn't really like the year when people were applying, right? Okay. Because it was like a lot of DJs that... It was a lot of like cancellations that year from what had happened. Not cancellations. 2020 was cancelled. Yeah. So it was almost like a catch-up year. Yeah, this okay. year they've done quite... They've done a process of like... um, Everybody applies online. Yeah. You submit a mix. But that one was like... It was almost like everybody was already booked. Um, I wasn't booked, but I was kind of like had been working with the people that 
run it okay yeah. so i think that they knew me and like i think also i'm quite a I feel a bit of a gap in the market because I love the daytime and I'm not really trying to push to be yeah, <laughs> like yeah. on the big stages at night. I don't know if you know. Do you know Studio 338 in London? No. Um, well, there's a guy uh, I roughly know and he he's a promoter, but he started throwing daytime parties at Sundays ah. in the early like sort of 2014, 15. Mm-hmm. And he said like everyone's out raving at night, but no one's actually partying on a Sunday throughout the day. Yeah. So then he started studio uh, free free eight, he started uh, the abode uh, project or the abode brand, and he started throwing day parties f- just on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So people coming out of clubs and going straight there. Yeah. And then just chilling the whole day. There was people were dancing, but they had like um, the picnic tables, you know. And everyone. I just would like, not be surprised if I'd been there because I yeah. used to get taken to a lot of places. Yeah, it's just off the off the motorway. Maybe. On, yeah, you might have been there. Studio 338. My time yeah. there was like, my friends would take me to shows and I would just be like, I don't care, just like take me wherever. Like, I don't know, I'm not looking at the DJ. Then I came out here and I'd be like, say to my friends, oh, I'm going to see so-and-so. They were like, you've seen them three times. I'd be like, yeah. oh, I didn't even realise. Because I, like, yeah. I don't really like, plan- I like other people planning. So when I go to a festival, I just like, Somebody else take me around. I don't yeah. even mind if I miss the people I want to see. I just want to have like the most chill, easy time ever and I'll be in a good mood. But yeah, I mean, exactly that. Like um, everybody wants, a lot of people dream about being a DJ. The picture of their dream is being late night, big stage, I think. Yeah. And if it's not something, if you're somebody that gets really thrilled about a daytime set yeah, and I'm just like very fulfilled by that. Yeah you kind of like there's a bit of a gap there of people you know there what is, I mean? yeah I, I like daytime sets yeah i do like when you go festivals the, the daytime like festivals where they go day and night but you throughout the day you some of the best sets would be there i went to field day a few years ago in london have you been that one no nah. that was really good it's just like one day so it's very accessible i don't even know like i can't remember where it is they still do it now but that's great I mean, you're just like, that's that's another one. You're kind of like, it's mainly about the daytime. Just a nice little day out in London, but you're at a festival. Yeah. It was a nice treat. So your set was daytime at Base Coast, right? It was 2 p.m. 2 p.m.? Cantina, yeah. It was right before the boiler room. Oh, was it? Yeah, Uh, so I kind of opened for them. And then I was always joking, like, I'll just go a little bit longer and then I'll get on the boiler room. I was joking, but it did happen a little bit. Did it? Yeah, so I'm like... I'm like, if that's the closest I ever come, I'll be fine. Like, I'm just on there. You can just put in your uh, DJ resume that just I a still with the logo in the corner. Room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was really, really pleased and like, honestly, really honoured. That's a very special honour. I really felt. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it was a really amazing feeling, and like, um, I've always been obsessed with boiler rooms. Yeah. And to be able to be to open them for them felt like. I don't know, I was just felt like shocked that people would really like give me that opportunity and like put faith in me like that. And I was yeah. really happy with the set. Yeah, it was a dream. How was it? Was that your first ever festival that you played? Uh, yeah, I have played like one of those, you know, people do like small little baby little ones in, Squam- in Squamish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did one of them. And that was like, I remember doing that little mini- miniature one, 50 people or something. And I was like, oh, this 
there wasn't any it was like me and one other guy being dj so i dj'd all night and i was like this is now i'm a real dj this is what it feels like yeah, yeah. i just played that off the fly all night that was fantastic so yeah but base coast was like a proper wow this okay. is a festival yeah um it's fantastic the whole thing start to finish it wouldn't change a thing so how was it uh when you about to walk up to so you did you play in your set? I assume you planned your set. Yes, you to the to the letter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to the second. Yeah, so you planned your set, and then you go up. Was there a lot of people in that area at that time? Tons, because yeah. um, I don't want to say the name of the person before me because I can't totally remember it, so I don't want to get it wrong. But the person who has been before me was um, someone who's played there for many years, and people go out for that. I had been really going around telling everybody, you better be there. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I was like shaking. I love a gin and tonic before a set. So I had a gin and tonic. I was just sitting there like terrified. Um, and I didn't really see any of my friends, but I saw like, a couple of people. I was like, yes, okay, it's all for them. I don't know if you've ever seen. Oh my God. Do you watch Peep Show? Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. that bit where they're doing a, sh- they play Fifth Christian Rock Festival and he's like, there's only one guy dancing. And yeah. Yeah it's all for you man this is all for you <laughs> like i think that in my head yeah. every time i'm going to say one person dancing i'm like it's all about you um and i yeah sat that i was so nervous but what i was told was you should be a healthy amount of nervous before a set because if you're not it doesn't mean enough to you not like it doesn't mean enough to you, but like you need to have like a little bit of a rush yeah kickstart you in to do something successful yeah and i feel like i need a little i need my hands need to be shaking just a little I need to need one drink. Yeah. Otherwise, off, I'm yeah. not going to feel like that satisfaction. And yeah. I was terrified and they literally changed to the um, CDJs like right in front of me whilst I was playing because I couldn't see anything because it was too dusty and it was too bright and it was all very stressful. But I just like, as I looked around and the tracks hit that I had been planning as just, I mean, I listened to these tracks over and over. I know every single word, especially the vocal ones. Like, I like to put a vocal one in every like five tracks. Yep. I know every word of it. I'm singing along just as I would in my room. And I looked around and it was just all, all, ever, all these wonderful people around me that like people I knew, but tons of people I didn't know and tons of people didn't. And I just felt like this is heaven. Like this is that moment. Like this could be, if this is the last show I do, that's fine. Cause it was mm. just everything I could have wanted. And it just felt like they could, they can see how happy I am. And it just felt great. Well, if you're happy as a DJ, then the crowd's going to be happy, right? Because you see a lot of DJs, yeah. they DJ up their head yeah. down. They, they have no, like, sort of excitement about them, right? And some are over the top and you're like, God, wind it in a bit, mate. Like, But do you know what I mean? Like, some yeah. of them are really, like... You can tell if something's authentic, though, yeah. as well, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, somebody told me that if you don't see people dancing out there, as somebody who's, like, a big DJ who tours all around the world... Mm-hmm. Because you get this fear, like, if you don't see anyone dancing, you think, oh, God, why am I doing this wrong? She said, if sometimes, if I go to a different part of the world where they don't play that same kind of music, sometimes they just need to see you dance so that they can almost be taught how to dance to this kind of music. Mm Because they're just not trying to be rude. They just genuinely aren't sure how to dance. You're there to guide them. And you have to get into it because you're almost just like, this is how I dance to this. And you and you sell them on it and you can start to see people like pick up on it. Yeah. It's really nice. It's a really nice 
way of looking at a situation which others might consider maybe a bit of a failure of like oh god no one's even done something yeah it's like a nice way to twist it yeah it was it was fantastic and like i always want to feel like i can really get in and enjoy it even if um even if nobody else is dancing to it, at least I love the song, so don't worry about it. Yeah. I'm having the best time. Well, that's the thing. Like I say, when you, if you're enjoying it, a lot of the time the crowd's going to follow suit what you're doing mm. and they're going to enjoy it just as much, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a great crowd there, though. And the one in Mexico was great, too. The one at Base Coast, you know, people, are re- they love it. And mm-hmm. they are, they're really sold on it. You know, they really appreciate it. Yeah. After all the time. In Vancouver, when the weather's crap, they're like, they are like all in. So it's a it's a great crowd to be around. So, so they make it easy. But, but uh, when you was in base coast and you was like started your set, you had your gin and tonic, you sort of calmed down. Yeah. Well, halfway through your set towards the end, was you very comfortable? Yeah. Yeah. I think you probably sort of... halfway. Halfway, yeah. Um, no, actually, three songs in. Okay. Honestly, yeah. I remember just thinking, this is going great <laughs> like everything's going fine i know what i'm doing don't worry about it i've done this yeah. enough times um i just knew that the set i'd created was everything that represented me That's so i didn't it. really worry because yeah. i knew i was excited about every song so i was like yeah i can't wait for that next one mm-hmm. um yeah i didn't i didn't find it that nerve-wracking the whole time it was just the beginning that's good mm-hmm. and how would you how would you def- how would you describe your, your the sound that you started from when you first started DJing to what it's like now oh wow yeah it's so funny because when I first did my first set you know when I was like oh do like an hour I basically was like this is what I would do if I was doing like my boiler room right yeah but I'd never DJed before so it was just like essentially everything I collected over the last 10 years like thrown together the a lot of different genres <laughs> now i'm a bit more refined in um i think you have to start with a certain taste you have to get lost a bit in and lose your way a bit yep. and start listening to stuff you don't actually necessarily know if you like and then you have to go back i think to your roots and the stuff that like, I, I, when i did that i went oh i think i like this let's start collecting music and i start collecting and collecting and realizing like do I even like this? I don't even know. Like, what is my sound? <laughs> yeah. And then I went back to the beginning and I went like, now let's look back. What do they call it? It's the, it's that graph, right? When you learn something where you go, oh, this is really easy. You pick it up really easily. And then you go over every, it happens with everything. You go down that like, like slide. Oh, where you just yeah, go like, about... oh my God, I don't realize how much I didn't know. Yeah, like I've... you peek straight away, then you go, you're back down to. Mm-hmm. And like, you start. And you start guiding creeping back up, up, right? Yeah. It's like a more informed confidence. I've got that in everything, right? Got that yeah. in my job as well. Like, been working in the same field for 10 years. Same, same thing. It happens with everything. And I think when you start something like this, you go, oh, that's great. I know exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. It's like an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. In order to kind of overcome that and build that informed sense of confidence that's a lot more sustainable, you need to be looking back at those people that originally inspired you. But you're looking back at those sets from a different perspective now and you're really seeing what they try to do. It's yeah. not as surface level as you thought originally, which what I thought was just like, oh, they've just got a lot of random songs together they like. No, they've done something where they've actually built on huge library and um, taste. Yeah. And um now i'm a bit more careful about um what 
how I build a set. I have to love every song. I didn't used to feel that way. I have to, even if it's minimal, even if it's house, you know, it's all got a certain kind of sound to it. And I'm a, I, I'm a bit, I challenge myself a bit more. Yeah. I try and play songs that are, I'm not worried about unquantized songs. You know, I kind of like just, I'm like, if it's there, I'm going to play it mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it in an artful way. And I'm not going to rely on um, just doing um, edits where I can rely on, okay, you know, house yeah. version mixes of disco. Okay, you know, yeah, I'm going to do something a bit more gritty. Yeah, I'm not going to shy away from like the long instrumentals or like playing an extended, um, more kind of. Um, like house electronic that's been like playing that out for a while i'm not gonna worry about that so much mm-hmm. i'm just gonna like really enjoy it um yeah i don't really know if that was an answer i don't remember the question yeah <laughs> that's right oh yeah no it was just a bit yeah i think it's the same with everything you, you it's not that i've lost it i already knew what i liked yep. but i've refined it a lot and i'm not as i'm not like um betraying my what i love as much now. okay cool yeah, yeah. that's so good <laughs> i imagine yeah. i said that at the beginning so we'll be saving a lot of time <laughs> Do, have, have you uh, got into venue producing yet? I actually did a course on Ableton. Um, and so I'm just like getting the basics down. Okay. Because um, I just feel like um, it could be... It's just like, it seems really fun. You yeah, know? yeah. I um, have been challenging myself since I did that course to basically... Um, just do a few mini edits of songs that I have always wanted to play that I find a little difficult. So I've been making little, like, kind of micro edit versions of them, and that's like the first my first challenge for myself. Yeah. And then um, after that, like I said, I'm trying to make this mix of like a more like hard groove techno. And I've been as part of that mix, really looking into the way that they sample. Yeah. And the way that they sample when i say they i mean kind of like robert hood or yeah like ben sims mark broom ron bacardi like they sample in a really artful way where they're very um very choosy about the sample they use they don't overuse it they're not oversaturating it i think it's really really special so i've been trying to pay attention to how they do it yeah and i have like a whole load of songs like 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 I said, like when you're starting to DJ, I've got a whole lot of songs that I've kept that are like one day to sample. So if I want to sample something and, and like kind of get into that, I've got all of them there. I just need to find yeah, out how yeah. to do it. So I'm trying to get into that too. Um, so I've been trying to learn from some of those and like trying to break down some of the ways that they think, and then hopefully I'll be able to produce something. But I think that's good you did with regards to you spent years trying to find uh, keeping songs and finding your sound mm. and what you like. Then you started DJing it, and now you're learning producing. You can incorporate that sound that you've been identity you've been trying to find 100%. now into your own sort of productions. Now, when I do mixes, I always try and take samples of songs mm-hmm. and layer them over, uh, like take some, like vocal samples, or it could be instrumental samples of um, disco and soul. Layer them over electronic parts of it mm-hmm. and i try and do that as little experiments for myself but it's like a like mini microwave 
producing whilst you're mixing. Yeah. Which means that now I'm trying to think about, oh, how would I make a song? I already like know in my head exactly the kind of thing I'd like to do because mm-hmm. I've tried to do it a million times in small little ways. Not that yeah. I'm saying it's that easy. I don't know. But like, it's like, I'm not, I already know my sound. I know inspirations. I already have all of that there. Like my identity hasn't quite, it, it, I'm not trying to figure out what I would want to make yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mind you. I don't know. I can't yeah. be an expert on this. It's I don't blank, know anything about it. It's, I don't it's, a, bl- it's a blank canvas, right? Yeah, when you yeah. do it. And when, you know, I also find that when you do do production, you also, when you come to back to doing DJing, mm-hmm. you understand that stru- uh, structure of tracks, which can help you mix a lot more. Interesting. Yeah. I've, I, that's what I found. So, you know, the, you know, when breakdowns come a lot of the time when you see tracks, mm-hmm. but when you start producing, you make them tracks that's when you start to i think that is such a nice way to look at it like what an interesting reason to really engage with producing not seeing it as like oh taking away from djing not because you're not doing shows necessarily but just to learn more like it's like kind of nerdy which is fantastic it's like shows that you're really engaged with it how excited you get about the way a song is created even when you're djing it's like well, they really like music. Yeah. And that's like yeah. the best thing. Yeah. And when you start learning production, you, I find that when you do listen to DJs play, you'll, you'll be like, I like that sound. How do they make that sound? That's really cool. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Some, some producers actually make tracks for just the DJs. So yeah. the outro will be just kicks and hats. Yeah. So they can play around with them and chop them in and out. And then, yeah, so that's, like I say, now, now you've like learned or you've, you figured out the sound that you like when you produce, you know, you've got a, sort of a kick, a head start. Hopefully it'll yeah. be a very smooth journey. And every, yeah. oh God, you have to go through that thing though, where you, you have to be crap at first, don't you? You have to be okay with being shit yeah, and be humble about it and be all right with that and then just go through it. So I have to go through that stage first. But um, I think if you get into music at all or DJ and whatever, you're already the kind of person who is like thinking, how do they do that? Yeah. How can I do something like that? Yeah, yeah. Just a bit. So, if you're getting into producing, you already have that mindset because exactly. you're the kind of person who's already wanted to take things apart a bit. Exactly, yeah. Like have like a good look around. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. But it could be a fun, a fun journey. And I feel like I've gotten a lot from um, the scene. Mm-hmm. And like being engaged with DJing has been amazing. So hopefully, um, we'll continue to be that way. Yeah. So, so, what sort of advice would you like to pass on to people that you've learned that's benefited you, that could benefit them? Um. Well, I think first of all, like I say, I've been very lucky in having had people around me who have mentored me in different ways. They might not even see it as mentoring, right? But in no. some way, it is. So I think that first of all, if you are getting into it, I think this is really amazing part of community and music scene, which is, you know, passing that, paying that forward and having that as part of uh, being given like lessons and things, advice. When I get that opportunity, I'm very much subscribed to the mentality of like paying that forward where you can. Can you do that by financially paying it forward? Can you do it by giving opportunities to people Mm -hmm. can you do it by um being part of the community and facilitating a safe space or just like passing on some skills like that is a very special thing i try and recognize and i'm really trying to find ways because i've benefited like 
massively from people doing that to me and a lot of the time i'm thinking like why are they giving me this advice for free that's mm. amazing yeah so i think really recognizing the ways in which you've been supported because i'm amazed by how welcoming it is um i think that for me some of the best shows i've had are ones where i didn't actually even know any of the djs i didn't know the, the people that just like reached out to me to book me it was a massive risk I think like taking risks like that, being open-minded to different kinds of events, not being worried about getting an opening set. An opening set is fantastic. You're basically getting paid to practice if there's no one in the room. Like you, no one's too good for it. It's like a really fantastic opportunity. Not trying to just bypass that to try and be the headliner. Yeah. Embracing opportunities of like, come and open for us. Just keep doing that. Cause that in itself is like fucking great. I don't think you're too good for anything. Just like really engage in opportunities that you wouldn't otherwise do because they can just be so rewarding and you meet lots of different kinds of people and you go on this journey where like you didn't know where it was going to take you and it only yeah. happens when you keep super minded and you stay humble about things. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I think like also like we're saying like just you are definitely going to fuck up. You absolutely are. You got. You don't have a choice. So just embrace that and like try and do some reflection every time on like um you know your failures are always always like a stepping stone to like opening, curve, yeah. opening your world up yeah, aren't exactly. they? yeah um i think that yeah i think like big thing as well i think to to say sustainable because i've done i've been quite engaged this year in the scene i think do some reflection as you start to get more shows and get booked more. This is maybe isn't that helpful advice for people who are just be. trying to get DJ. But do some reflection as you build your identity and you get booked more. Try and measure that with what is a healthy, what is the extent to which I can engage in this scene healthily yeah. and social media healthily without burning out compromising myself compromising my values and actually enjoying it and like really try and like tap into that identity that you have because other like you know how you work and if you're going to be sustainable at something you can't be overbeat you can't be overdoing it you just need to be taking your pace with it so i think like just try and um recognize that and you know because the thing is it's also it can be fused with a party scene as well so you know, it'd be mm. like paying attention to how much can you be engaged with it yeah. on a level where you can meet it at your own extent where you're actually yeah. going to be enjoying it and you're not going to get to that point where you're just feeling being out nobody really everyone can see that you're exhausted you yeah. know you're going to be just, kind of checking it it's just like a uh, balance really isn't it mm -hmm. you know it's just balancing life really if you're working a full-time job and you're doing that and you're doing this it's just balancing it all the right ways that's best for you yeah you know yeah it takes a while though to get to that point <coughs> only from experience yeah and then when you kind of go oh, i think i figured out how much i can how many shows i can do how much i can drink if i go out and do one how you know how much can i do that it only t it takes experience to kind of realize that you have to kind of figure out slowly but when you have done that you can start to kind of have a really sustainable engagement in the scene which is like on your level and is really enjoyable but it takes a while to yeah. get there i think i think everybody i met has got to that point where they're like oh, i got really into teaching and now i'm just like so tired of it or whatever because i've been doing so much and fallen out and they have to take a little bit of a breather yeah well the age kicks in i wouldn't know <laughs> <laughs> so what are your future plans then 
I yeah, and well, I'm moving away. Yep. But I have spoken to Jamal, who runs B side. Do you know Jamal? Uh, I think I do. Yes, I think I met him at one party. Oh, he's so lovely. Yeah, I think I did. He's quite tall, right? I everyone's tall to me. Uh, yeah, but he's very. He's got big curly hair. He's lovely. Yeah, I think I've met him at a party. He is heart and soul of that radio station. He's right. like I think the reason why B side has grown so well because it's just like such a it's like facilitated such a nice space because of his personality it's like only good people allowed this is a community sweet yeah so you need yeah i think you can uh, you should get engaged with that because i feel like it's just yeah beautiful connection to be part of but um i think we're going to try and live stream from berlin to b-side hopefully so we can keep doing shows there hopefully if you need any help on that let me know I probably will. Got I'm sure I will. No idea, but I've got all the gear. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think that we're going to try and do that because we've got this connection there. And it's nice to be able to connect Bill and DJs with Vancouver DJs. Like, you know, That's always really what I'm want. trying to do with this, right? Yeah. It's just a... I think what you do is so sick because it's like you clearly... It, you have such like a great energy where you're just oh, like thank you. you're just like very in genuinely authentically interested in what people are doing and you're just like let's create a space for t- to talk to them about it's like there's not much many things like that it's always no. like yeah, I appreciate it's it. wonderful I think I've bought, bought myself to sleep when I talk <laughs> no at all well it's yeah. very it's very approachable oh that's good yeah thank and I, I'm I'm a huge fan of it I think like um, there's not tons of things which are like Necess- no, no, I know, but like um, conversation based where you actually get to know people. It's really taught me a lot about people. I've been listening. I oh, appreciate it. Thanks very interviews. much. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people play those tunes and, just, and you know, and they do like a, like you say, a five minute clip of like when you listen to Radio One. <laughs> yeah. It was like my thing, actually. But, <laughs> but like, you know, I like to dive in a bit deeper. Oh, no, so, I love it. Yeah, so, totally. I think. Yeah. Um, not crushing on your beast. No, I know you're not. Really. I was taking the piss, don't yeah, no, Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, well, honestly, it's an easy way out. Five minutes. Yeah. In and out. You don't have to, you know, no, there's no room for failure, which is great. Yeah. But it's, you, you need, like, long term conversations. I was, listen, I was listening to Siv's here interview on yeah. here. She comes across so well and she's so interesting like hearing the way she thinks yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you know just like a lot i can learn from somebody who why would they give a lot of information away normally yeah you know yeah, yeah. it's like just allow yourself to like allow these people to open up a bit um what were questions oh yeah so hopefully doing something like that yep um great to have the contacts no point leaving here and throwing everything away if you've built up i feel like i've built up this really amazing archive of artists on my like unmarried records kind of space now very very proud of it very like honored by the people that have joined um so try and utilize that hopefully keep something going with that um and i also just think honestly like uh, there's different reasons i'm moving away just kind of like ready for next adventures or whatever mm-hmm. i kind of feel like maybe you have to look at it like maybe i'll never get a show again right but that's okay you just kind of go well if this is what it is that's fantastic it's yeah. been a pleasure but and... the internet connects us all anyway everything's done yeah. online you know if i move back to uk which i don't think i will but if i ever did on yeah <laughs> But if I ever did, you know, I know that online I can still do yeah. stuff, right? Well, and... use what you have. Don't 
get ahead of yourself too much. Here, this is what another thing I would say to, to new people. Every show, treat every single show an opportunity like it is your best opportunity ever, like it's your last. You know, it makes you take it seriously. It makes you really like, even if it's just a tiny one and Marcus. maybe the last one you did was Base Coast and you did a little one next. This is the special one. Maybe it's the last one I ever do. Maybe it's like, you put it all in there yeah. and you'll still be proud. It doesn't matter what the show is. Like it's a job interview. Oh my God, that's so depressing though. Is, yeah. that, what, is that a thing? <laughs> is that a thing they say? Treat, uh, it, treat it like it's... A what? job interview. Oh God. When you're a job interview, you, you put all your best yeah, motions right. forward, didn't you? And you oh dress God. the best and you... That's uh, probably not. We're the trying best to get. Way. We're trying to get away from it. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Uh, don't listen to that analogy. That's shit. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. Except that in a job interview, you're like quite nervous, aren't you? Whereas, like, when you, it's more like okay, it's like job interview is like oh, there's potential there, but with a show, it's like this is my this. I, I don't know. It's like you're there. You've succeeded. Just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got booked. Just embrace the moment. Don't worry about if it's leading to something else. Don't worry if you get the job. You know what I mean? Just don't worry what your next steps are. Just enjoy that moment because plenty of people have been bedroom DJs for 10 years and never had a show and they would dream of something like that. So if you're opening for something and you don't even really have anyone there and you're thinking, oh, for God's sake, like I was at Base Coast and like, you know, everyone was listening to my stuff and now like, no one's listening. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. You're getting paid. You love this music. And you're you're like you've got to this place that a lot of people wouldn't dream of. Just like embrace it, bring it all, and then just don't worry about the future. So like if you just if I'm kind of like oh, okay, I'm moving away. Like I could think about all these things I want, but really I just think you know I'm doing this final going away party all day. You should come all day at Beachside Radio. Oh, I got my invite, Bosh. I can't take it back now. 26th <laughs> of February on a Sunday, yeah. all day. It's like 11 till five. Yeah, me. Dane, Max Eulis, Prashuma, Aisha Q, James Hearn. Basically my dream lineup, right? Yeah. I feel like it's all day disco house, like incredible. I think like, if that, I could never have dreamt of having that kind of lineup. I feel like I've done everything I needed. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. That's good. I feel yeah. very grateful. So to have these dreams ahead of me of what I'd like to do, but really like, we'll see what happens. So you mentioned you got uh, Unmarried Records, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How did what got you starting that? Like, how did it, you know, grow into what it is now? Um, what got you, mate? What got you behind the idea of to start it? Yeah. Well, I mean, right now, so it has just been my radio show. Mm-hmm. But really, I was like, I like the name on my records. I don't want anyone to take it. <laughs> <laughs> so what it says is, somebody said to me, they were like, oh, "You have a record label now." Yeah. I was like. Oh, wow, this makes people treat me really nicely. <laughs> but, um, there's some authority around it. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but when you're, I really like the name. I'd love to do something with it. I have a huge amount of like, you know, I'd love to get into producing. I'd love to, like, I'd love to see where that can go. Yep. Right now it's more of a kind of, it's not a placeholder name. It's a mix series, let's say, a radio show to mix series to who knows what. It's more of a, it's a shell company. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> and so, We'll see what it kind of morphs into. I'd love to, for it to be a record label one day. Yeah, that's cool. But really, um, it's just like a little brand at the moment. And we'll see what happens. With but it. everything starts where it's got to, and yeah. then it grows from there, right? I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? When you must have seen like things that started off as really small, 
you, they just kind of like start out like club nights or whatever, or little mm. festivals. Mm-hmm. You just watch them grow over the years. Yeah. Not that that's what's going to happen to this, but it but is kind you, of amazing, isn't know. it? Yeah. Watching like the evolution of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's consistency. You got to keep at it. It is. It is. You mm-hmm. got to keep at it, and that's that's the thing that I've I've learned is even with my own music, like I've failed myself so many times over the years because I haven't been consistent. Mm. And I've seen people who started the same time when I did, yeah. who are now some of the biggest brands, like Solid Grooves. Right. You know, and it's just like, I wish I kept going, but they did keep going consistently. Over, it took them 10 years. Yeah, yeah. But they kept going. And that's, I think that's yeah one of the biggest things with DJing and yeah. anything like that. With the, well, I think it's like also like bite-sized pieces, isn't it? It's like, mm. you know, if you're looking for it long-term, if you're looking for sustainable goals for endurance what you're trying to look at is endurance you don't go to the gym for an endurance set and choose the biggest weights even if someone around you has bigger weights than you you just go i know what i can do and you do that take it in small pieces and you don't worry about what anyone else is doing you just go no just concentrate what i'm doing and just like keep going in small pieces and that is your kind of like tortoise and hare vibe not that that reflects no, but, but i goes, mean you know that's the only way to build an en- sustainable and enduring brand yeah and that goes in hand in hand with like you say with the uh, warm-up sets keep doing them yes and then eventually you know you might have had one good one but keep doing them yeah. it's a good thing to practice uh, new tunes mixing new tracks together it's a testing ground right and, and people are noticing yeah. as well because when i i'm passing my radio show over to somebody and um, can you reveal who that is her name is ray roots ray roots yes um really lovely but it's like somebody who she's been doing her instagram tune of the week every tune of the week tune of the month something like that okay she has just been like kind of living her own brand the consistency at which i have seen her post that she doesn't even care if anyone's looking she doesn't really care where it's going. Yep. There's something really like sells you on that. See, you know, you really like, I'm drawn to people who are really dependable and really like yeah, show yeah. like they're just consistent in, in what they're doing. They're not really worried about anyone else. It really like sold me. I was yeah. like, I really want her to have this show. for other reasons too. But I was just like, she has really won me over in, yeah. the, in, in that. I think that, you know, when I was doing this radio show, I wasn't thinking about bookings. I got booked a lot through the radio show. People who would reach out to me being like, oh, I, listen, I heard that you talked about this on the show. I'd like to book you. If you're not making it about trying to get people to notice you, but you're just really enjoying the experience. And yeah. you just keep doing your opening sets and you just keep enjoying it. Yeah. People notice. They like to be around you. They like the energy. Don't worry too much and stop comparing yourself and stop worrying too much about those big goals. Mm. And instead, think about like how far you've come and how you could never have dreamt of doing this a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. and just yeah. kind of like embrace that and like practice gratitude a lot, but also look go like whatever I'm doing, it's got me this far, so it must be working. So just keep doing what you're doing mm-hmm. yeah. at this pace. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good advice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think there's advice in there somewhere. You might have to kind of dissect this a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So before we brush up, is there anything you want to plug away? Like anything for? I know you've mentioned your Trezor thing and your B-side radio. You're passing that over. Is there anything else you want to plug? I am doing how many shows? Four shows this month. So I'm doing 
one called it's called Betamax mixed with hoses and it's by Neighbor. Do you know Neighbor is a DJ? He's winning this night. I've seen the name float around. I'm doing that next Friday, two weeks in on Friday. I'm doing the win the Vancouver Mural Festival. A winter arts festival. The B side radio doing like a little showcase. Okay. So that's on the twenty fourth. So sorry if I get these dates wrong. Might be the twenty fifth. Um, I'm doing the Leave Us Lost this month, which is lovely. I've done that. I've done a couple of those. I've done one of them. They're always who's, really great. Who's, who, who runs that? It is Tess. Tess and Derek. Derek the Nut. Yes. yes, that's it. Yeah. They've been doing them for years. That's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I'm doing that. And then I've got that final all day show, which I'm really excited about because it'll be really special. Like the whole vibe is like, show up when you want, show up for a bit, don't have to stay the whole day. It's a leave and do, but it's also just like, you know, three boiler room DJs on one day. Pretty fantastic. Yeah. Plus me, future boiler room DJ. Well, yeah. You, you know, <laughs> but you, you, yeah. Yeah, you got the picture. I'm like an eighth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to start I'm, and then we'll just have, and I'll provide alcohol for people and then come along and it's free, obviously. And Sweet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just like really fantastic. Great talent. Love the DJs that are playing. Yeah. And um, those are the shows I'm doing. And then what else am I doing? Not really anything. Just keep an eye out, I guess, for me to blow up in future in Berlin. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> No, future or just space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'll try and get something. I I don't know. I'll just try and be like, just enjoy myself. Like, just get involved with the people. Yeah. Get involved in the UK scene. Just kind of like, I don't know, entering my thirties. So just ready for new adventures. Doesn't really yeah. matter if it's necessarily um, DJ related. Just been been wonderful to be part of it. So mm. anything that comes my way would be a blessing. But that's Perfect. that's my my plug is basically the next. Four shows this month, basically. Wicked. Yeah, and then drops off. Nice one. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Nice one. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been great. a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you've uh, you've enlightened me of a lot of stuff that you've been doing. Have you learned a lot? I have learned a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's can't a, lock it. It's just it could go everywhere. It could go on for hours. You could. Um. You could. But you want to go raving tonight, didn't you? I yes, I am going to the Weirdos Inc. show. Yeah. Weirdos Inc. Oh, very cool and arty people. Go from Bristol. So it's like artsy. Artsy, artsy, yeah. yeah. So like, it, uh, they have like visual arts happening at the same time. Oh, that's cool. So it'll be a really cool night. So I'm going to that tonight. Um, Yeah, that's about it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much for coming <laughs> on again. Thank you for having me. That's all good. It's been and a pleasure. Yeah, uh, safe journeys in the, the future. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll see you at uh, B-side. I'll be there. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, bring no, your mic. Do some little. Bring like, my mic. <laughs> do some little in crowd <coughs> interviews. Yeah, I'm a bit nervous for that. No, I think you'd be fine. Yeah. You're very natural. Yeah, you think so? Uh huh. Mm. It's funny, isn't it? When I get when people people come on my show, like different DJs, and they're like, they're like really really cool, and then you get them because like, you only see them behind the decks. Oh yeah. And then you interview them. Yeah. And you're like. You see, you know, because you never know what people are going to be like. And they've all been very good. Yeah. But everybody gets a bit nervous behind the mic. It's just not like normal for them. It's the same like this, actually. Like when I see people DJing, I'm like, and I, I look at who, uh, you know, who I want to sort of get mm-hmm. on and stuff. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, I see them in person. They're very nervous. And I'm like, you throw all your hands up and you party hard and DJing. And yeah, I know. Do here. you know what? I think that most a lot of DJs are like that. Yeah. They're like the people who didn't really want to get engaged in the party. So they went to the party, but the DJs they didn't have to really like. Yeah. <laughs> it's nerds, isn't it? Yeah. It's a lot of like nerds who are just like obsessed with music. 
yeah. I don't know. Not not everyone, but um, yeah, it's people. kind of funny. It's yeah. lovely. I love seeing that. I love yeah. seeing like the nerdy side behind DJs who like are all cool and stuff. Do you know who's really cute? Um, Patrick Topping. Yep. Oh my god, he's from Newcastle. He's just done his thing in uh, Australia and his own Brian Showcase trick. His freaking Instagram videos. He takes these videos where he's like outside a club and he's like, oh, I'm here. It's like, oh, it's amazing. He's like, just so sweet and just like so happy to be there. Yeah, yeah. Very lovely. Oh, it's adorable. Is that what you're going to do when you're in Berlin? Yeah, I'm going to do it like right side, outside the fence of Big Pine. <laughs> Jordi in Berlin. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. That'd, well. be good. That'd be a good one. Um. So yeah, anyway, thank you very much. No, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cheers.